listening to the Washington Weekly Review. I'm the Southeast Iowa Union's Kaylin McCain. It's the week of November 20, 2021. Our local stories this week feature child care data, the Riverboat Foundation, and a new dump truck. But first, a look at the big picture. Natural gas providers say Midwesterners can expect a substantial jump in their heating bills this winter. Mid-American Energy spokesperson Jeff Greenwood said a number of factors were to blame for the upswing in prices since 2020. There are a lot of factors in play. Uh, First of all, natural gas prices were very low a year ago, and now they're very high, so people are um, particularly noticing the swing in prices. Last year, we were in the throes of the pandemic. Natural gas supplies were plentiful. Use was down as plants were closed and businesses were closed. Now plants are open, demand is up, and so we've seen um, a different market dynamic. Additionally, there was some production that was taken offline earlier this year with Hurricane Ida in the Gulf. And then there is a a much greater export demand nationally uh, than there has been previously. And so natural gas prices have gone up significantly Uh, over the last year. In fact, they're the highest they've been in in years. Greenwood said MidAmerican expected a 50 to 100 percent increase in heating costs compared to 2020. A representative from Alliant Energy put the number in the 45 to 50 percent range, citing a report from the U.S. Energy Information Administration in October. Some cities like Wayland and Winfield in Henry County are insulated from market shocks by large underground tanks where they can store gas bought at low prices over the summer. While Wayland raised its rates by one dollar per MCA this year, Winfield Deputy Clerk Lisa Reese said the city had no plans to change rates. Ours will not be going up as of right now. Um, and the reason why that is is because the city actually purchases gas, like we have gas in storage. So we make sure that we have our supply purchased and our prices locked in. Um, so we are able to provide the service to our customers at the same rate as it has been. I I don't think our prices have gone up in 13 years. Not every municipal provider has such benefits. Officials in Wellman and Brighton say they expect a 25 to 30 percent price increase from last year. Wellman City Administrator Kelly Litweiler said the city bought some gas in advance but was limited without storage. Normally we're anywhere, we're, we're hedged anywhere from that 60 to 80 percent, and this year we're 125 percent, just because we wanted to be able to get it when the costs were much lower than they are currently. There, are, There's different pipelines. Some pipelines have storage, and the pipeline that we're on, we don't have storage tanks. Winfield who and Morning Sun who say their prices aren't going to, it's because they have storage. They're, the, the pipeline that they have is able to purchase at lower rates than what we are because they're able to purchase ahead and store it. We can't do that. In addition to best practices like keeping the thermostat low and sealing up drafts, there are resources for those struggling to pay for heat. HACAP Communications Director Chris Ackman said those below the poverty level could access federal aid. LIHEAP is a federally funded program that's designed to assist low-income families to help meet the cost of home heating by providing a one-time payment to their heating utility provider. Community action agencies all across uh, the country are, are doing the same program, so it's a nationwide program as well. And then HACAP is the local, uh, the local community action program and local nonprofit that just uh, facilitates LIHEAP here in, in eastern Iowa. That's the big picture. We'll be back with the local news right after the break.
Washington Economic Development Group got results from its child care study this week. Angie Duncan, a representative from First Children's Finance, which performed the study, presented findings to the public Monday afternoon. When a community comes to us, they already know they have a shortage. We know we need more child care. We're hearing it. You might be experiencing it yourself, but now, like, what are we talking about that? What are the numbers? How do we go about approaching this? That's really what this uh, study was about. We want to help you quantify it and figure out you know, start getting you pointed in the right direction for solutions. Duncan said less than half of Washington County families were using the child care they preferred. So this one was a shocker to me. We, I always look at this data point to compare, like, what are they saying? Normally it's, you know, 50-some percent say they can't get their preferred study. Only 36% of parents say that their child is actually in the exact setting they want. So the number one uh, response was that they couldn't afford the setting they want. And not too far behind that was the no openings. You know, really the thing that started this whole study was the hearing that there wasn't enough um, child care or child care spaces. Without substantial changes, Duncan said Washington County's child care problems could hinder community growth. And a lot of times what happens is we'll put this question out there and we'll have people who live outside of the county take the survey. And we want them to because we ask them, like, well, do you want child care in the county? And they'll say, well, yeah, I would move into, you know, the community of Washington from wherever Iowa City, but I can't find child care there. This is the first time I've seen a reverse one. They're considering moving away because they can't find childcare. So this family said they moved to Kelowna from Iowa City, and then um, they're now talking about moving back to Iowa City because of childcare issues. Wedge Director Mary Audia said the findings would shape economic development initiatives moving forward. We needed to figure out where our biggest issues were, where the biggest holes in the wall were, so mm -hmm. we could plug those up. The Washington County Riverboat Foundation held its first grant award ceremony since 2019 Wednesday night, inviting representatives from every organization receiving a grant of any size in the last nearly two years. Foundation President Sean Ellingson said it was good to finally get everyone under one roof. So when we were presenting these grants, there were still hesitations towards gathering. So a lot of the, the small grants that we gave out, and obviously the COVID and derecho relief grants, we wanted to get that money to them right away, and we really didn't want to make people feel uneasy by having a big celebration. Um, so that's why what this tonight was, was just a culmination of all those grants we've been given out over the last year and 10 months, but haven't been able to come together and celebrate. Ellingson said the foundation remained grateful to the grant winners and the work they do for their communities. But really, we want to thank you guys. None of this can be done without Riverside Casino and without you guys. I mean, we wouldn't have any, you know, you guys are the nonprofits. You guys are the ones doing all this work. We're very honored to be able to help you guys with that. And, and that's why we're here to celebrate. And that's what we're going to do now. Some recipients had the chance to express their gratitude during the event, including Wellman Mayor Ryan Miller after his city received a $175,000 municipal grant. I know how much the, the casino and the Riverboat Foundation has meant to our community, um, how it's helped build our community. Uh, it makes the mayor look good. Uh, I wish I could take credit for some of that, but just right timing. But I also want to mention, especially for the, for the people uh, on the board, how much it means to our communities. Uh, we could do some of these projects, not nearly all of them. Uh, we would have to raise taxes. The Washington County Board of Supervisors accepted a grant from the Iowa DOT this week that will pitch in $77,000 for a new dump truck. County engineer Jacob Thorius said destroying the old truck was a condition of the grant. We destroy the engine and the vehicle. Um, we get $77,000 to help pay for that new vehicle, whereas if we 
sold that at auction, uh, would get maybe ten thousand dollars. So um, it's a significant amount of money to help uh, pay for the replacement of our aging fleet. Board member Bob Yoder said he was glad to accept the cash, but disagreed with the policy behind it. Yeah, I'll be a real honest with you. I'll go on record as saying I'm very, very disappointed with our government making those rules, but. I realize we, we have no say in the issue. What disappoints me is, yeah, they're going to give you some money. You have to basically trash something that somebody would probably buy and might be real glad to have. I just don't find it a wise use of resources. And, and, and I realize our whoever made the rules probably sees it a little bit differently than I do. I'm not against taking the money. That part's fine. It's just destroying something that really doesn't need to be destroyed. Despite their hesitation, the board voted unanimously to accept the grant. That's the local news. We'll be back with the best news I've heard all week right after this. Best news I've heard all week. Stewart Elementary first grade teacher Liz Goodwin brought her students to the Paws and More Animal Shelter this week for a chance to read stories to the animals. Well, some kids, you know, it's just very therapeutic to um, pet and relax with a cat or a dog, and then it also helps their reading. We brought books to read, practice their reading fluency and stamina, and it's just almost like a performance too. You know, we work really hard on reading, and so they have guests to read to. Shelter director Amber Talbot said the experience was great socialization for the animals. We're all about like um, kind of like new and innovative programming, and I was just thrilled that she reached out and was able to do it. When they start, everybody's a little aroused. Of course, everyone's excited, and then once they settle in and really start to read, there's such a calmness that happens. I mean, there's just this stillness and calmness that kind of goes throughout the room, and you can just sense that it's it's really soothing for the animals. It's very therapeutic. The more interaction they have with humans, the better. Thanks for listening. This program is copyrighted property of the Southeast Iowa Union, which is owned by Gazette Communications Incorporated. If you want us to read an ad or announcement during the break, give our office a call at 319-653-2191. We'd also really appreciate if you'd share the show with anyone you think might be interested. This has been the Washington Weekly Review. I have been Kalen McCain. Have a happy Thanksgiving. <laughs>